This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey guys, welcome back to the Getsy Health Podcast. Hello everybody. <laughs> Tristan still has his uh, lost voice, so we're going on, a, on about a month now, right? Yeah. But um, he's probably going to be doing a lot of the talking today. This Maybe. Does, doesn't this kind of feel like the season finale? <laughs> the cliffhanger? The, the cliffhanger. This is the season finale of the Gutsy Health Podcast. Just yeah, kidding. So, so honestly, this is an episode we've wanted to record for a long time. But uh, literally the day after we decided to do it, my voice disappeared. Right. So we And we've kept, been waiting for it to come back. Kept waiting. And um, at this point... Looks like we might be in this for the long haul, so we just have to go with it. Well, we'll just go with it. Otherwise, yeah. we'll be waiting months and months. And Maybe. Right. Hopefully not, but we just can't count on it. So. Right, exactly. So you, you yeah. have sultry Tristan <laughs> voice right now. <laughs> and, and it's kind of exhausting, too. So It is. It toward really the is. end, I might be talking even quieter, but we'll see. Uh, what's our episode on today? This episode is kind of... Um, 2020 in a recap. <laughs> like sort of. It's the, the shit show this year has been. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it's it's where we finally tell everybody what's been going on behind the scenes all year. Yeah. Because we haven't talked about it. We haven't. And so. a lot, most of our family don't even know. And so like it's, it's just one of those things where we're just like, yeah. we we don't want to talk about it. And now we're just like, we're just going to get it out there. Yep. And just like... Just go, you know, like, so man, 2020 was rough. Do you remember like my mom came over January 5th and she was like, Hey, I've been diagnosed with breast cancer. Do you remember that? Yeah. That's how we started our year. And to be honest, like things had started blowing up before then, before that. Yeah. Like a few weeks before then, but but yeah, but that was kind of the happy new year. But spoiler alert, she doesn't have breast cancer. It was a misdiagnosis. So So that was like, some some good stuff did happen this year. (laughs) That was one of the good things. That was one of the great things where it was like, psych, it's just cysts in her breasts. So, yay. Um, but how far back do we want to go? December 2019? We should, we should probably start in December. Um, in yeah. fact, I was thinking about this today. I, we yeah. should probably go back like October when the chambers shut down. Well, so we, we can. I, I mean, yeah, that's sure. when like the stress just really hits. So, October 2019, Doppel shut down our hyperbaric chambers. And that was super stressful and we had to lawyer up and we were back and forth with negotiations and turns out they, they don't even know their own laws around hyperbaric chamber operations. Right. And so because they were just, any. There's, there are none. So they're making no things up as they go. Yes. So here I had to spend like, hours and hours of research showing them like hey like this is how other facilities run chambers why are you creating a golden standard that doesn't exist and it really just turned out to be that they just didn't like us and they're like you're not doctors and we're like yes but you know but look at the laws in other states and look at the policies we actually did an episode on that so no we didn't but i swear we did in like november no we didn't we were really quiet about it anyways so That happened, and so we had to shut down the chambers, and, you know, uh, one of our dearest clients died in December. That was super heartbreaking. Lots of people died. Lots of people, yeah. Between uh, November and the end of January. Right, like a lot of our cancer clients who were doing amazing. I mean, not even just clients, but friends. And friends, yeah. People who we'd known since... 
I got diagnosed basically. Right. So. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. So December hits and do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah. So actually I was thinking about this earlier. We, uh, like right after Thanksgiving last year, we went on, uh, woke with Wesley's podcast. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. And it, um, we were basically telling her story and I remember at one point she asked me something like, so do you feel like you're done? Do you feel like it's over? I remember that moment because I felt it too. What'd like, you feel? Huh? Like, so is it all gone? Oh. Are we all done? And we're like, we hope so. <laughs> right. <laughs> we hope. Um, so the, the truth was that I never felt like I was done. Mm-hmm. The whole time there was always this, um, just this knowing in the back of my head that like, there's more to come. There's more to do with this. Yeah. Um, and then like literally right after that episode that we recorded, it hadn't gone live yet, but right after we recorded it. Like a week later um, or something. I got sick. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, some kind of cold or flu or something. Yeah. And um, I started wheezing when I was breathing. Right. And that uh, that traumatized me really badly. Yeah. Can people hear me? <laughs> I feel like I'm losing it really quickly here. But um, I, I developed really severe anxiety about this because, you know, the last that we had known, the active cancer had been in my lungs. Right. Right. So the anxiety I had was actually never about my bowels where it started. It was always about my lungs. The lungs. Where mm-hmm. it ended. Right. And so developing a symptom in my lungs, which was right. the wheezing, and I was also getting shortness of breath, feeling like I was having a hard time breathing. Right. Um, it was it was terrible. I was having panic attacks. Yeah. Right. Although they were very mild at the time, I didn't realize that. Right. Right. <laughs> then what? Where are we still in December still of twenty nineteen? Yeah. You you then told me, and the wheezing would come and go. You know, and it was right. it was just it was it's just really scary. And um, someone else, uh, a friend that was living with us at the time, she had wheezing too. Mm-hmm. She got sick, so we're like, maybe it's just that. You know, it, it's it's nothing. And it's funny because fast forward to like, I don't know, was it March when we recorded with Ryan Blazer and, um, I I don't know, but I remember listening, we were recording a podcast episode and was during that podcast episode where I went to mass panic mode because I was listening to you talking and I'm like, something's wrong. Oh yeah. Cause I was struggling. You'd like, like it hit me. I'm like, there's something wrong. Like something's up. And that's when we started talking about it more. I was like, Hey, are you still wheezing? And you were like, yes. And I was like, this is, this is very bad. Yeah. And so did some blood work. We didn't check cancer markers, nothing like that, but there were some inflammatory markers that were up, some, some red flags. Some crazy eye inflammation. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I want listeners to understand when you think of your cancer friends, when you think of your cancer family members, please recognize the amount of trauma these people experience in their lives because cancer a cancer diagnosis isn't just a cancer diagnosis it's a horrific experience it's tons of fear it's you know your life flashing before your eyes every single day obviously everyone's going to be different about this right right have different perspectives on life and death and all that right but what you are basically doing when you get a cancer diagnosis is taking on the entire burden of our society's right fear, fear and anxiety around it. Exactly. Yeah. Like people, 
but your own as well, right? Like you're taking on your anxiety, you're taking on other people's anxiety. It's just mass emotional hysteria. There's, there's this societal story about cancer. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, they call it the emperor of all maladies, right? Mm -hmm. That just gives you an idea of like, this is the one that everybody fears whenever they get a symptom. Right. And, and when you get diagnosed, that story that our society holds around cancer becomes your story. Totally. Well, and not even that, but the appointments with oncologists is just traumatizing. Yeah. The, the the treatments are traumatizing. Sure. I mean, the surgeries are traumatizing. The waiting in the hospitals, like your eight-hour surgery, like that was so hard. But, I mean, you were the one under the knife. That was hard, you recovering yeah. from that surgery, well, you know. It's hard for everyone. Like, the point saying is people are probably wondering, like, why didn't we check faster? Why didn't we check sooner? And it's because trauma is sometimes heavier than cancer. Like trying to run through that door, like that door frame of trauma is the hardest thing that some people do. And that was us. We couldn't, we just couldn't face it. We were so, so scared. And I know that that makes us a little bit hypocritical because we get on here every week and we talk about health stuff and we try to empower people with all these tools and knowledge Right. And here we are. I mean, here I am. Paralyzed with fear. Not able to look at my own stuff. Paralyzed. I, I do wanna I do wanna say something to that though. The reason why we started this podcast, the reason why I just started talking on a platform to begin with, the reason why we are here is because I hope that when people hear this message, it's a course correction. Yeah. That maybe you would have gotten cancer in five years or ten years, right. maybe but you're not anymore because you're changing your lifestyle because you're changing the food that you are nourishing your body with. You're changing your stress. You are giving your body what it needs to thrive. This is why we do this. This is because disease is so much more than a dollar bill. It is endless nights of like restlessness and sleeplessness. It is body shaking tremors it is there's there's this joke actually in the cancer circles called um what what is it i can't even remember i think it's like skin anxiety skin anxiety or like uh, I, I think it's called um appointment poops where once you're done with an appointment with a doctor you immediately go to the bathroom and you just like empty out your bowels because you are no that like I've had so many people that have spoken about that too where I'm just like right after an oncology appointment like you just run to the bathroom because you have the runs like you are literally traumatized on every cell like every cellular level is just in freak out mode and the the terrible thing about that is that that uh, anxiety and that fear is inflammatory. It is. It is. It contributes to the exact thing that you are afraid of. Right. And so so th- this is why we talk, because right. I never want people to go through this. I right. never want people's kids to go through what our kids have gone through. You know, I never want another wife out there to have to go through what I've gone through. I've never want another spouse to go out there to go through what Tristan has gone through. Like this is why we here that this is why we're here. This is why we show up every day. This is why we pride ourselves on giving so much free knowledge so that this won't be you, that this won't be your child, that this won't be your spouse, that this won't be your parent. You can, you can change, you can change your health. You can, you have that power and And you go ahead. We also, when we started this, like our whole point was that we're not special. No. We're not these experts who are endowing you with wisdom. No. We are just like normal you. people. 
from the same place that you come from. We've educated ourselves using the same tools available to everybody. Exactly. We don't have MDs. We don't even have PhDs. Right. So I guess it's fitting now that we're still in the middle of this. Yeah. Because that's who we are. We're just like you. Right. We're just like you. So anyways, March happens. Fast forward to July. Yeah. I, I mean, that whole, that whole first half of the year it was, just was a big, traumatic, messy blur. It was. It went so, so slowly. It was. But there's very little to report about it because it was the same thing yeah. every single day. It was like symptoms coming and going was fear, really weird. Fear, anxiety, trauma. Mm-hmm. Panic attacks. Trying to look the other way. Mm-hmm. So many, so, so many, many panic, panic attacks. Like I, I actually like hired a therapist this year. Like the first, I was one of those people I'm like, oh, who needs therapy? I'm like, oh, I do. I need therapy, but yeah. go ahead. No, so I mean, uh, I can't even tell you how many nights I spent just laying awake actually not even laying, like sitting on the couch, listening to my heart feel like it's about to explode out of my chest. Right. And honestly not sure if I'm going to survive the night yeah. because I'm pretty convinced I'm having a heart attack. Right. Um, obviously it was a panic, panic attack, attack, not a heart attack, but, but so many nights of that, it was awful. Yeah. And I mean, we had a doctor say, you need to go get screened for PTSD. We're like, why? We already know it's PTSD. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, telling someone that has PTSD that they need to go talk about their PTSD. It's like, it's very no. silly. Like, that, like, that's really cute but of you to recommend that. But there's no, a reason why the dropout rates for PTSD treatment are so high. Right. <laughs> it's because unless you are willing to show up at their house mm-hmm. and literally corner them right and make them figure it out right they're going to avoid it that's totally what pts that, that's does. what you do so fast forward to july i finally convinced you to get some blood work done yeah like so to- we finally looked at cancer markers there's one very specific marker that is relevant to colorectal cancer mm-hmm. it's called cea yeah carcinoembryonic antigen mm-hmm. um i agreed to get it tested now to give you some context back when i was going through treatments my CEA peaked at about 8.6. Oh, was it? That was the highest it ever got. Mm-hmm. That was actually right before we started treatments. Right. We didn't really check it in the middle of treatments. No, but, we didn't. But um, at the end of everything, it was down like 1.9. 1. Yeah. And then we checked it, in, and then July came, and so we checked when, it, and it was higher than that. we checked in July, it was already at 14. Mm-hmm. So already almost double the highest it had ever been. Right. But what's really interesting, though, is... This is where the journey actually begins for us is we now have this knowledge. Now it's, you know, it's go time. It's like, okay, we, we finally like looked at that demon. And I think I've actually explained this on one of the podcasts. This, this is what cancer felt like to me is I'm in a glass house and it's dark and you know, when, and there's lights inside the house, but there's no lights outside this house, this glass house. You can't see out, but people can see in. You're like a fish in a fishbowl. And there's eyes on the outside of the house looking in. That's a very scary image. That is cancer to me. And now I have finally turned the lights on outside and I can see it and it's there. And it's like, you know, like you can sense that they're looking and now the lights are on. It's like, oh, oh shit, here we are. My biggest fear has just been realized. Yeah, honestly, for me, it was actually relieving. Really? To find out that it was actually there because... There was no more guessing. Yeah. There was no more telling myself the stories. Yeah. Now I could just see what was there. Yeah. So, you know, using your little metaphor, mm-hmm. like 
seeing what the monster looked like was actually less scary than imagining what the monster looked like. Right. Which obviously doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything was okay. I was still a mess. But my panic attacks actually started very gradually decreasing from Mm -hmm. that point. Right. We had some low points, though. Right after that, we went to uh, Bear Lake. Yeah. Do you remember that day we went to the caves? Yeah, yeah, I do. There's a lot of stairs in those caves. Yeah. And um, I thought I was going to die. I I felt like I was having this terrible asthma attack. Mm -hmm. I was just going to stop breathing right there in the cave. Well, and what's interesting is that that was your very first symptom of like, other than the wheezing, it's like, oh, your health is, yeah, the shortness of breath. It's like, okay, here it is. That Mm -hmm. was, that was really the first time though that I realized, oh, like this is, this is really intense. Like this isn't just someone who's out of shape. Yeah. This is like, can't breathe. I mean, you know, there are like 80 year old people in that cave Mm -hmm. doing better than I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, To be fair, you were holding Satori part of the time. (laughs) Remember that she fell asleep. She fell asleep. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. still, yeah. Um, anyway, but that was, that was kind of a low point to say, oh, wow, this is, this is real. Yeah. Right. This isn't just numbers. So when I got diagnosed initially, I didn't really have symptoms. Yeah. Right. All I had was difficulty pooping. Yeah. But I, like originally like four years ago when I you was, got diagnosed. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. at my fitness peak at the time. Yeah. And I was sleeping great for the few hours I would let myself sleep. Then, mm-hmm. so this actually experiencing symptoms. Yeah was a very new, real, right. and uh, sobering yeah. experience. We haven't even spoken about, like, the stress of the business this year. Like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Like, on top so, of all of this panic from, like, January to July, right. like, Provo Health just blew up. Which, which we, we are so very so grateful. Um, and, like, and we're not business people, right? So yeah. we're, we're, like, ideas people, and right. we're educators. And so... Right trying to figure out the business aspect and trying to serve so many people and then hiring and then training and then figuring out better systems. Well, We didn't even really start hiring Mm -hmm. until well into that whole process. So for several months, it was us. It was us doing everything. All day long and all night long. All night long. I remember one point in like May where I was, it was like 11 o'clock at night and I've been working all day long on this trying to get something set up so that we can make things more efficient in the business. Yeah, yeah. And you, Janique, came to me and you're like, I'm really frustrated because we are not connecting. Mm-hmm. And I knew that we weren't connecting. Right. And in that moment, I felt so defeated Aww, because I knew that babe. I literally had nothing left in me. Yeah. And I was basically looking at this impossible choice between do I let this business just completely fall to rubble? Right. And let hundreds of people down. Or do I let Mm -hmm. my family and marriage fall to rubble? Right, right. And it was awful. Yeah. And I remember actually thinking in that moment, this is why I'm sick. Yeah. Not not because of you, but (laughs) because I've put myself in this situation where I am... Not taking care of yourself. I am just infinitely depleted. Yeah. And there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Right, right. Right. So so once again, finding out just a couple months later (sighs) that cancer was back and active right yeah of course it is and i think the hardest thing about this too is our business is our baby it's not just it's not just a money maker it is a soul it is a spiritual calling you know to help people feel 
their best in their bodies. That to me is so important. So it's not just about money in, money out, you know, like that's why it was so important that we get this running so that people can feel the love from the services. Right. But, but our systems were just overwhelmed and messy and you guys, this is going to turn probably into a long podcast, but can we just, everyone that has worked with us, can you just recognize for a second, Tristan's sister, Brittany, who is our office manager, she has showed up so hard. Like this woman was a full-time mom and come like May, you know, like I think uh, one of our, our employees was leaving. He was going to medical school and we we're like, oh my gosh, we don't know what we're going to do. And Tristan's sister, Brittany was like, I'm here. I'm here for it. And she knew something was up, like she could sense it and she could sense our overwhelm. And, you know, and she was like, I'm here to do whatever. And she just took on everything. She took on office managing. She helped me with like everything. If, if there was a system broken, like she took all the complaints for it. Like she's the complaints department. She's the organizer. She's the interviewer. She's, she's everything. And, and it's so sweet too, because you know, sometimes, you know, when people are sick, they don't feel good. And when they don't feel good, they don't feel happy. And when they don't feel happy, they call our office and they start yelling at our staff. And they, and Brittany just takes it. She takes it with a smile. And she's like, we are so sorry that happened. We're trying to make this better for you. Um, let's see what we can do for you. And she just, she always just shows up. So if you've ever worked with Brittany, just, just say a silent thank you for her because she, without her, like, I'm pretty sure Provo helped because there was a point where I like, we'll come to that. We're jumping the gun. But anyway, so Brittany hopped on, we started employing other people and we reached a point where, you know, it's funny because healing to me is very intuitive and it's, you know, first time around four years ago, it was research, 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 know everything you can, like learn everything you can about this cancer, about this body, about the human body. What do we need to do? What are the clinics doing? What are the big guns doing? Like, what is it? And this time around, I ordered the books. I went on the websites and nothing. There was nothing. I, I would start reading the books. And I'm like, there's nothing here. Like we felt, both felt very called to deal with the trauma of the cancer. We're like, you know what? We've done all the things. We've checked all the boxes. We've done all the big guns. We know all the big people. Like we need to go in. We took a little bit of an unconventional approach. So back to July, find out cancer. August rolls around. Tristan goes to kind of like a healing retreat. He's in Hawaii. And so we basically told our staff like, Tristan's taking on no more clients. Like I'm taking his clients. I'm taking my clients. Like don't ask him for anything. Like we're done. He's, he's done. Like no one bothers Tristan anymore. You talk to Brittany, you talk to me and we will try and figure this out. We're not as smart as Tristan, but we're going to figure this out. So you went to Hawaii. Yeah. So I, I went to a spiritual retreat in Hawaii for two weeks. Um, and there was a lot of meditation, a lot of uh, reading, but like, spiritual reading, journaling, silence. Uh, in fact, the whole the whole retreat was in silence except for necessary conversation to right. like, you know, get food and things like that. Right. Um and plant medicine. Mm-hmm. And um it was uh it was traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> it was really intense. Kind of following the theme of the whole year for me. 
the intensity of it was a little bit um, overwhelming. Yeah. So I spent uh, most of that retreat actually re-traumatizing myself. And it was a good experience, but it was also a very, very difficult experience. And, uh, you know, I went hoping that I would find answers, that I would be able to come back and know exactly what I needed to do, or that I would be free of all my fear. But that wasn't the case. Um, In fact, in a lot of ways, I was um, maybe more fearful than ever. I had some really good intentions, and I did have some really good insights. But um, really starting with the the traveling home from Hawaii, um, it was really hard on me. Um, the If any of you have been to Hawaii, you know that some of the flights can be very, very difficult. You know, especially during the time of COVID, there were hardly any flights. In fact, they canceled my flights, and I was forced to uh, reschedule at the last minute. So I ended up on these brutal red-eye flights that went literally through the night. And on the way back, I was also on this really long flight between Honolulu and uh, Dallas, Texas. I was trapped between these two giant islanders. And I literally had no space. I was like crossing my arms in the sea just to not be cramped up against these big guys. And I couldn't sleep that whole night. And then I had a long layover in Dallas, followed by another long flight back to Salt Lake. By the time I got home, I was a mess. Like, physically, I felt like I was just completely empty. Yeah. And I thought, um, this had happened to me before, back in June. I'd Mm -hmm. gone through something similar. It took a few weeks, and my body bounced back. Um, So I thought, okay, this is just going to last two or three weeks. Then I'll recover, and... I can start implementing all this great stuff that I thought about while I was in Hawaii. But um, two, three weeks came and went and... Um, no recovery. No recovery. In fact, yeah. it was getting worse. Well, and I think it's interesting because from like January to July, hanging there, we find the news. And I think this is how detrimental trauma is and stresses to the body, right? Because now we, we, we get slapped with the C card. And you're not sleeping. And now we're in trauma mode, amped up. And then things just went downhill super fast from... It's it's probably important to mention that for most of the year... You were doing great. I was probably only averaging about six, maybe five hours of sleep a night Mm -hmm. between all the stress of the business and the uh, the middle of the night panic attacks and covid <laughs> like let's just and throw in covid there yeah, like, i mean we haven't mentioned covid like, like right like I mean, for us for us covid was like a side note of the year right hardly the the highlight or the no. headline that most people have experienced right the most annoying thing about covid for us is just all the inner karens that came out of people you know like everyone's grumpy yay um, yeah, I mean, that, that actually was really hard because we were going through our own stuff but everybody's having a rough year. Yeah, everyone's and having a rough it's, year. It's not been an easy year for people to feel uh, charity towards no. others. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have done it anyway, which is beautiful. So beautiful. But it's hard this yeah. year. So anyway, so you got back from that retreat and you were just so wrecked. Now we're in we're into September. We're, yeah. And um, probably the lowest point. Yeah. That like, we've ever been. So at this been. point, we still hadn't told family members. I mean, Brittany knew, your mom knew. My parents hadn't even known. You guys, we've done this before. 
we we've done the whole cancer journey, share it on Facebook, share with friends, like share. And it's exhausting. It's super exhausting because you know, like it's managing our stress and then other people's stress around it. You know, like we just didn't want that. You know, it's not because this, there is no shame in this road. It's just, we are so tired. We're so tired and we don't like negative mojo because as soon as people think cancer, they put a timeline on you and we don't want that subconscious like mojo headed at us. Like that's just icky. That was the number one thing for me. And this was very conscious on our part. Very conscious. Mm -hmm. Yes, there was trauma, but honestly, the, the number one reason was I did not want people's fear yeah being placed on me and and it's I, palpable i do believe in that that may make me weird but i do believe that we co-create with each other we totally and do that means that the emotions that we place onto each other yeah they do have power which is not to say that i can't override everybody else's negative energy if i'm positive right. enough but i knew i wasn't there right right i knew that i didn't have the ability to override right a community of fear right and so we, we kept it to ourselves right so anyway, September, he massively declined from, let's see, from August through to September. And yeah. I was, I was scared shitless. There was, there were times where I'm like, I don't know if he's going to make it to Christmas. Like yeah. this, it was really scary because at this point you were so stressed and like your hair started falling out, large like, clumps, yeah. like in large clumps. I started seeing that in the shower and I had this moment of, oh my gosh, he's so stressed. His hair's even falling out. Well, here's what's interesting. Uh, it shifted from this terror type of fear to a desperate kind of fear. Yeah. Which was, um, in a way, way scarier because it started to feel less like I'm scared of what's coming and more like I know what's coming and that's really bad. Right. Like, right. Like this... Uh, rejection of the future but also a very clear vision of the future which is in this case not a good thing right so you know as far as i understand too everybody else was sensing that too right and we were getting a lot of questions well shanique was getting a lot of questions (laughs) people apparently didn't want to talk to me about it but people were worried about me yeah they were long story short we somehow how did we find out about this so, other? So, well, well, because again, like we're not talking to oncologists at this point. We're not getting scans no, no. because we. No intention to either because yeah. they had already told us they had done pretty much everything they could do for us. They had already told me that if I continue with chemo, which is literally the only tool they had, mm-hmm. they might be able to extend my life a couple of months. There's experimental immunotherapies, yes, but that's there, experimental. There and are trials where you have a 50% mm-hmm. chance of getting a placebo. Right. And even if you don't get the placebo, there's a pretty decent chance that you're going to get some really gnarly side effects that kill you anyway. And that's just not how we roll. Like, right. Tristan's not a lab if, rat. If I'm going like, to die, that's not how I'm going to choose to go out. Exactly. I don't care about their science enough no. to make myself a statistic for them. Exactly. And like Tristan said, they already told us four years ago, like, oh, he had two years to live, five at best. Like, if you're lucky, that's that's what the words were, if you're if, lucky. If you're lucky. Yep. You know, like, all they have is chemo and surgeries and yep. radiation and, like, things mm. that just break down the body even more. And so. if you really dig into the stats, especially with colorectal cancer, mm-hmm. especially with rectal cancer, the chemo 
doesn't contribute a whole lot no, to oh, it survival doesn't. rates. Uh, yep, it's and like you already 3, did chemo. and percent right? Yep, and the metastases so, never changed. They never shrunk with the chemo. Like right. nothing. If anything, you just got more metastases right. on the chemo. Yeah, so so once again, like we're not the kind of people that are going to tell others, don't you ever, no, doctors, never. don't you ever do chemo. Nope. In our situation, mm-hmm. with what we were facing. What we had experienced, what we had researched, oh, yes. with our circumstances, this is what we chose to do. It just was not a the useful card for us to yeah. play. But what's interesting is we actually did interview quite a few doctors and just never felt right. the spark. And and what's really funny too is people say, oh, like supplements are expensive. This is yeah. expensive. Like spend a thousand dollars with a consult with an oncologist that yeah. is specialized in health. Like, right. and you talk to them for 45 minutes. Like yeah. that's insult to injury. Yeah. Some of our other cancer clients, you know, they're like, yeah, to work with this doctor, you have to pay $18,000 per month just to be considered a client, yeah. a patient. Like, Which This is expensive. And it's, it's so sad because when you have cancer, you're so desperate. Like you're so desperate for that one thing, like that one saving grace. You'll pay anything. You'll sell whatever you have. And I don't give a shit how good your cure is. Yeah. You have no business charging people so much money, so much money. that they basically are willing to take out a second mortgage on their home, that they are willing to sell out their children's college fund, that right. they will literally give up everything to get this supposed cure. Yeah. That's evil. It's super it's evil. evil. It's evil. Yeah. And honestly, this is what the chemotherapy companies are doing anyway. Yeah. We've just figured out how to spread the costs out so that it's not obvious that right. that's what they're doing to us. Right, exactly. It makes me so mad. It's really, it's really evil. So anyways, we interviewed some doctors just, you know, we're just like, no, do we go to Mexico? No. Do we, you know, like what are the things to do? And again, we, we're still grappling for the emotional aspect it's like what can we find that can just help penetrate the subconscious deep enough to do enough damage control so while i was in hawaii feeling the trauma and feeling very unsafe in my body in the world um i had a conversation with someone that was very hopeful because i asked them is there anything that can help more in a, like a gentle way, right? Yeah. Is there something that can help me with the trauma, with the emotional aspect of it right. without re-traumatizing me? Right. And someone actually did give me some useful information. They said, oh, there are some plants. Um, they're called heart openers. Mm-hmm. And these plants might be more your speed. They're right. gentle. Right. They're for soft people. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, came, soft people. <laughs> I came home from Hawaii saying, okay, I need to find this. And you did. And I had a conversation with my sister who happened to know somebody who knew somebody. Who knew someone. (laughs) Who could connect me with uh, some of these heart openers. But we had to wait like a month. Yeah, a few weeks. And then that's when September happened. So really like the one thing keeping me going through September was knowing that there was this thing that I know very little about and yeah. probably won't be that helpful, but, but hey, whatever. At least, at least it's a possibility. It's something I can hang on until yep. the beginning of October. Yeah. Now, beginning of October happens. We're just in manic depression, anxiety mode, yeah. hopeless, broken. Both of us, you know, here Tristan is just 
I can see him deteriorating before my eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm taking on his clients. I'm taking on my clients. I'm yeah. trying to like run this business. I'm trying to like just keep everything at bay, right? right. And uh, you end up at this retreat and right. talk about heart openers. We both did. We did. <laughs> we both I didn't did. go on this I went, I, I went with him. And man, when they say heart opener, they're not even joking. Like yeah. this is the most... How and and I need to remind you guys, like this has like been so overshare, but I had been doing therapy for months, for months and months and months, every week. And she brought up so much good stuff. Like, okay, you're you're angry because of this, and you have this because of this. I'm like, awesome. Now watch. Because I know in my brain, I know in my brain that something's wrong. Right. But energetically and in my heart, like, how do I shift this? Like, because it is so, so deep and right. it's so so painful right and, and knowledge is only half the battle yeah like knowledge is half of it right and then like when you've been dealing with trauma for so many years how do you get in your body and feel safe to move it out because right. like at this point we were just so out of body and running on like anxiety fumes it's right. like okay what's my to-do list right well, and that's you know one of our downfalls is that we're both smart people we're both very intelligent and so we've always relied on our intelligence to solve the problems. Right. And that works to a degree. Yeah. Right. That can help you be successful in yeah. school or business, whatever it is. Right. It doesn't do you a dang thing no. when it comes to matters of the heart. Right. So we were really fortunate to come across this particular modality. And what's really cool about it is that it's a group process. Yeah. Which, by the way, was terrifying to us. Yeah, right. We are not extroverts, right? No. <laughs> we we sit it's in like, a room by ourselves to record these episodes, <laughs> and then you all get a listen, and that's right. great. But right. if we had to do it in front of a thousand people, we ooh, shut down. <laughs> I don't know if we would do that. So knowing that we were going to have to do this work in a group setting, right, was, was actually very scary. Very scary. And once again, our our desperation was what got us over that. Totally. Hurdle. Like a year prior, we've been like, no, thanks. That, nope. Nope. We, we, showed so we up, were so desperate. We showed up to this retreat the first day mm-hmm. and we were both scared out of our minds. Yeah. We're in this house with like 50 people. Yeah. They all know and love each other. They're hugging and talking like best friends from childhood. Yeah. We're sitting in a corner <laughs> just looking at it all going, is it too late for us to, to back be. out? Like, <laughs> Maybe we should just sneak away. But thank heaven we didn't, right? Because it was the thing that we had been looking for. Like the thing that had been nagging at the subconscious on like an an emotional, spiritual, like all kinds of levels. Like this was it. Who Like holy crap. Like this was such a heart opener. And it's like the floodgates just exploded open. And it was like there was no coming back. Right. There was just no coming back. And and remember, guys, like trauma is like embedded in your cells, yeah. like your cells. And this particular modality, oh, my gosh, it, it was like there's no going back. Right. And it just kept pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. And like I remember that night I was even feverish. I was like shaking, like my body was shaking. Right. And it felt like five years of therapy just crammed into five hours. Right. And I was hollow. Mm. I was so hollow and I was so empty. And I was like, 
okay, where's, where's my energy? Like Mm -hmm. what happened to the on switch? Because everything is completely out and depleted. It was, it was the most intense work I've ever done. And I feel like it was the same for you, right? Yeah. And you know, to, to give you an idea of what exactly was happening, it's a group process. The people are actually where the healing happens. The, the heart openers, the plants are simply what help you feel safe enough to do that work. Right. They were what stopped us from bolting right. and running for our lives. Mm-hmm. And the people were where we were able to actually dig into this trauma yeah. and find a, a pathway out. Right. 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 And so Janik and I are both like practically catatonic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're conversing. Like at first night, the forth, newbies. But we're honestly, it felt like to me, like I was just being passed from person to person. Yeah. And those people were saying exactly the things that I needed to hear. Well, and this is really beautiful too, because like they were birthing us through this trauma and they could do it so well because they had done it too. Like they had been in similar positions. And so we should probably fast forward because post this retreat, Tristan's now a different person. Like even his coughing improved. Like, I don't know about that. Um, the, uh, the coughing is very much still there and I've gone through periods where it's been, where it's better. Awful. It was really bad, like yeah. to the point where like when we got back from this retreat, your mom was like, man, Tristan's coughing is even better. So it's always been there, but it was so bad at one point, And then it just so, got better after that retreat. Yeah. Anyways. So that was the start of it, right? It's right. not to say that, oh, we went to do a retreat and then all of a sudden everything no, was better. Right. But what it did do was it changed our trajectory yeah. from this inevitable tragic demise yeah. to a hopeful beautiful potential yeah right and so how i don't know i've done like 12 since that one right right Um, it's something that i try to do like every chance i get but we've also started doing a whole bunch of other stuff right i don't know how much detail we want to go we won't go into too much detail just other therapies and kind of treatment protocols for mind body spirit stuff that has been really beautiful and and what's been really great about it is that once the trauma was taken away from the driver's seat so was no longer calling all the shots yeah we started finding ourselves coming across exactly the right people and exactly the right information right in the exact moment when we needed it right because we were no longer making all our decisions from a place of fear right but rather a place of love Mm -hmm. um we were presented with opportunities that, Mm -hmm. that never would have come to us before right and so I think we should talk a little bit about what we are doing physically. Yeah, we will. I don't want people to get the impression that we've completely abandoned <laughs> I don't know. any we, kind of physical totally healing not. protocol. But I do want to, I do want to mention this. Like I do believe that there is a chemical and a somato emotional charge to all dis-ease and disease. Like 1000%. disease can, is very symbolic in the yes. body, like depending on where it manifests and what it is. Like, I do really believe in the emotional aspect of dis-ease and disease manifesting in your body. Definitely. And so that's why, you know, yes, we have checked off all the, the chemical boxes, right? Nutrition, check, yeah. food, check, juicing, right. check, like all of those things. But the reason why this year we've been so called to the somato-emotional aspect is because 
why did this happen in the first place? Like what, why did it come back? Like there's clearly something we didn't address. Tristan going from like cancer to doing so amazing on the therapies to it coming and raging back and raging back in conjunction with the trauma. Yes. Right. The trauma response. Like, because the trauma was never dealt with. It was never dealt with. Very deep. And then when you got sick, it triggered everything and it was just like a downhill from there. It was was basically my body said, Hey, this trauma, it's not working for me. Right. There isn't space in here for this. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to make you so painfully aware of it right. that you either have to do something about it or you're going to die. Right. Yep. That's why this this year, this whole, since we found out everything came back, it's like, okay, let's not look for those therapies and those treatments. Right. Like, let's look at the right. the underlying emotional charge behind this yeah. Which and isn't heal that. Like we tried a ton of stuff. It's not like mm-hmm. we completely right. stopped all that. It just didn't have any effect because it was not... Yeah what needed to happen at that point. Right. Nothing could break through the, the trauma wall mm-hmm. that was surrounding my cells, so to speak. Right, right. totally. And so. and once again, once we were able to shift that momentum yeah. and surround ourselves with people who helped us to feel safe, yeah. I think that's the right way to put that. Right. And you guys, if you are like, hey, I need to deal with my trauma too, EMDR is an incredible therapy to like, search out and start doing because better one though are you gonna mention it sangha 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 is fantastic like we're actually gonna get that in our new clinic sangha therapy at some point we will have we're gonna do a podcast on it like that's something we've been doing and it's beautiful we're gonna get christy warfel on to talk i know i can't wait she basically invented this whole modality it is we'll let her go into the diesel of it but it's absolutely amazing now, I was doing tons and tons of research on my own on how to deal with all of this emotional stuff. Yeah. And I came up with what I thought was this really beautiful plan. And then I went to Christy after I met her and presented it to her. She's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've already created a whole thing that integrates that plus a bunch more. Yeah, like she already like, done oh, it. Oh, great. Well, I'm going to do that. It's <laughs> super amazing. And we can't wait to, to bring it in our new clinic when yeah. it opens next year. But and we can't wait to tell you about it when we I get know. on the show. It's going to be so awesome. It's pretty insane. But so we're doing Sangha where, you know, Tristan's doing these healing retreats. He's mm-hmm. getting so much, like so much healing, you guys, right. like so much healing. Well, we, and we then both are, right? Both right. of us, right? Like we like, haven't really talked about. The experience of Janique through all of this that much. We don't need to talk about that. This it, is getting long. It's its <laughs> own form of trauma, though, to be the primary caretaker of someone going through what I've been going through, because they end up basically carrying the weight of the world. Like someone had to make sure that our household continued to function, that our business continued to function, and somebody needed to, like, literally keep me alive when I was threatening to completely shut down right mm-hmm. yeah. and that's traumatic because who does that person go to when they need support right and now we have that we have so much amazing community support right right, right. and it's it's a beautiful thing it's really beautiful which has freed us up to finally actually benefit from some of the different physical treatment systems out there the enzymes. So what was really awesome was, okay, so we're doing all this emotional stuff and Ryan Blazer, our friend is like, so I found the, 
the person that you guys are here in Idaho and she's amazing and she trains all these doctors and I, she owes me a favor and, <laughs> and she's not taking clients, but I'm going to see if she'll take you guys on. And we're like, who is this person? Anyways, she was amazing. She's like, yeah, we need to get started right away. I'll take you on. Um, she's got like such nurturing, like grandma vibes, but also like a little bit scary too. <laughs> like, she, no, she's, she's, she's just direct. She's super direct. She doesn't and she's, soften the blow for no, you she doesn't. she cares more about your life yeah. than your feelings. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, so somehow miraculously we get in with her, start this enzyme therapy. It's called the Kelly enzymes. Is that correct? For yeah, other people so, that are curious. So this was not something new to me. I had come across the Kelly protocol, mm-hmm. which is using these really high power enzymes right. years ago. But the number of people that understand it well enough to do it the right there are way, not many. there's not a lot of them out there. But this Pamela, she is the person that trains the doctors. She, She's cre- like, she basically was one of the co-creators of right, this protocol. Right. And she spends all of her time training other doctors how to right. do it. Like doctors in Europe, doctors right. here. Like she's always talking about like her European clients and doctors that she's training. And so for her to be willing to take on an actual client, right, um, is honestly a little bit miraculous, right? But right? she did. And once again, because everything was lining up for us, we right. had ourselves in the right place emotionally, right. So that opportunity was suddenly available, right. Which is beautiful. Yep. So long story short, I mean, what are you doing? You're doing the enzymes now. You're doing so the coffee enemas, yeah, so my sauna every day. Coffee enemas every day, two a day. <laughs> now you have to do two a day. I um, know. Sauna every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's, what's interesting is when you started doing coffee enemas and sauna, that's when your voice started right. going away. So, so a few weeks ago, yeah. Before I started the full protocol, I started doing sauna and coffee enemas. Literally the next day, my voice disappears. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's related or not, right. but I thought it was going to be like a three-day experience. <laughs> We're going on like I think three days. weeks. I don't know. Um, which is uh, a little bit frustrating. I know. <laughs> Especially when I finally feel like I've got so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> so much to um, say. But it's actually been a really great lesson for me because my tendency is to escape the discomfort of my experience by going outward and yeah. connecting with other people, right. talking to them about their experiences, helping them, right? Right, and not going within and, what this, and checking in on... Excuse me. What this has done is it has forced me to slow down yeah. because I literally, like, the more excited I get, the, the worse, worse my gets. voice gets. So it forces me to slow down, calm down, stay internal, yeah. and then work on me. Right. Because obviously that's the most important thing right now. Right. So long story short, that is, that's where we're at is we are doing this really incredible enzyme therapy, Kelly, the Kelly protocol. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are a cancer listener and you are interested, one of uh, Pamela's students, his name is Dr. Eric Wood. And And to call him a student is not very accurate. No, because they co-wrote a book together that's coming out next year. She trained him, but he is very much an expert. She, She says he is like her top student or one of them. And so Dr. Eric Wood, ND or MD, I can't remember. He's a naturopath. So I I think his website is Dr. D.R. Eric Wood, ND. 
dot com or something. I think maybe he's an MD. So if you guys, I can't remember, but but, um, just Google him. And if you want, you can set up like a free 15 minute phone call with him to talk about it and see if it's a good fit for you. If you're interested in it, but obviously we're not endorsing this because we've only just now started. Right. Um, I have no idea what the outcome is going to be. However, yeah. I can say that already you're feeling stuff. I'm not even a weekend uh-huh. and stuff is happening. Yeah. It's really been really stuff. intense. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's really kicked your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it has. And, um, and what's really cute too is Pamela, when I was like, Hey, can, because she says, okay, start dosing your enzymes with one seven times a day. And I'm like, can he do two? And she's like, if you want him to be very uncomfortable, then yes. And I'm like, okay. And then she says to me, she's like, you also need to go and get some trauma therapy done because that question tells me a lot about where you're at right now. She's really adorable. And like we said, very direct. And so, so no, it's a very powerful enzyme therapy. And, um, yeah, we talk with Pamela every week and we change protocols and she's, you know, tracking labs and mm-hmm. amino acid profiles. And, you know, we're just, we're taking it one week at a time. So here's, here's the good news so far. Yeah. Um, we've done a bunch of testing recently Yeah, because you? we're at the start of this new protocol and we yeah. kind of get our baseline Yeah, and there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. My trajectory, like I said, leading up to the beginning of October was That's bad downhill very rapidly. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the, the tests that we just got back today, we'll yeah. look at today. Mm-hmm. I'm stable. Right? Super stable. Like things have stabilized. They have not gotten worse. In no. some areas, they've gotten better, mm-hmm. um, which is really great news. Right. And that's before we actually started this protocol. Right. Which means that the benefits of that just I've had are almost purely from the emotional. The emotional shifts. aspects. Yeah, it, totally. Awesome. It's so awesome. The other thing is um, I did a, a GI effects, mm-hmm. which is a stool sample test. Really cool one, by the way. If you ever want to get a really deep view at what's going on in your gut. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. Yeah. No inflammation. Yeah. I should say very little inflammation. Right. Which was a big relief because yeah. one of the, the big fears with uh, this cancer recurrence is that it's going to recur in, in your gut, in the, the in colorectal mm-hmm. area. Right. Um, and that's a really good sign that that's not happening. Right. It's not a guarantee, obviously. Right. But, no inflammation is a great, great sign. Yeah. And so, so there's been a lot of really positive things that have been happening. Obviously, we're still really stressed, but like overall, just tons of hope, yeah. you know, and Tristan's job right now is to just lay low and work on his body and work in his healing and just create warm fuzzies around him wherever he goes, you know, like a bubble of love (laughs) and positivity. So I'm living in a distortion field right now. (laughs) What are you talking about? I mean that like literally my life is not normal. (laughs) Um, I am very, very, very blessed. And that's one of the really cool things looking back over this year, as difficult as it has been, you can see how everything was lined up perfectly to enable things to be the way they are now. Yeah. The fact that I don't have to anymore spend all my time working on the business right. to keep it going right. is is really, really miraculous because a year ago that was not the I case. No, we couldn't afford to like six hire ago, anyone to do it six for us. Six months ago that would not have been able to happen. Right. And it, it literally happened the moment that we needed it to happen. Totally. Um, which is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> like that's really there you go, guys. Like so if you have 
been watching and you've been seeing how like disorganized we are and like or if you've noticed that consistent massively faded from the podcast over the last few months right it's not because i lost interest no it's because i taking care of you just didn't have the space and now i don't have the voice (laughs) so now i sit on the interviews silently not because i have nothing to say but because it's too much work to say it (laughs) i will literally like text shanique what i want her to (laughs) say (laughs) it's true so I guess we just wanted to pour out our hearts and our souls to you guys to just, I feel like sharing authentically is so important Yeah. and to just show you like we're still learning and we're still figuring it out, but massive thank yous, like massive thank you to everyone who still listens, people who support our business, like, and we're not the perfect business, you guys, like we are. We are so, we're trying to figure out the organization and the shipping and, oh my gosh, there's, the shipping. There's but a lot of we're chaos, fi- but that's We're fixing it and because we want you guys to have a better user experience with right. our company yeah, and, sure. you know, but we just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who supports us yeah. and you shop small and you appreciate the products and the information yeah. and, and you love it, you know, because really like... Our heart and our soul is all about giving good information and excellent products because you deserve it. You deserve the best of the best without the BS and the fake marketing and the the most important thing to companies being the dollar sign at the end of the day. That is not where our heads and our hearts are at. And honestly, like it means the world to us that you trust what we have to say. Right. It means the world to us that some of you actually follow through with everything that we recommend right and it means the world to us that you tell us about your wins yeah because we need that we love the wins you guys oh my gosh they just recharge us so much and the best wins not the best because there's so many great wins but they're all the best but some of the most like amazing wins people i've never met people that have never walked into our clinic And they just took some advice from a podcast and they implemented it and it's like changed their life. They got results. And like, that's what it's all about. It's just about giving information to people so you can feel like you have the means to make informed decisions over your body because you guys, your body is the most incredible gift that will ever be bestowed to you in this lifetime. Yeah. It is, it's the thing that has been with you since the day you were born. And it's the thing that will be with you until you die. Even family come and go. They will never be with us forever. Never. Not even a mom, dad, a sibling, no one. It's just you. It's this, literally this meat sack that your soul resides in. Like you're this walking, talking, like meat, this, this piece of meat. Right. And it's the most miraculous thing that has ever been given to us and like just it does billions of processes for you a day without you even having to think about it the fact that you are sitting listening to this podcast means that your body is gifting you with life and you might be in pain and you might be uncomfortable right now but there's so many things your body has been doing with you in spite of the stress in spite of the traumas in spite of the abuse that we put on our bodies in spite of the negative messages that we give it in spite of the demands that we give it right it always shows up and that's what you know like even in Tristan's situation especially especially in Tristan's situation you know we can sit here 
And yes, there's cancer in his lungs. And yes, he has a hard time getting upstairs. And yes, there's all of these other things. But the miracle like that we focus on or try to, yeah. you know, and th- on the higher days is you're sitting here and you're still breathing. Yeah. And you can still hold your children. Yeah. You can still talk to us. Yeah. You can still snuggle. That's a big one. Yeah. Like we can still snuggle. Yeah. Like you're not in pain. No. You've been getting headaches this week and we think it's the well, enzymes, but, yeah. but like there's no honestly, pain. Like the I've I've had to work really hard on my relationship with my body. Right. That has not been that hasn't been easy. Something that came naturally to me ever in my life. And I have been working especially hard on that over the last really recent while. Right. And I can tell you it makes a difference. Yeah. It makes such a difference to be able to appreciate your body right. to see its strengths and not just its flaws. Right. Right. To believe in it and to trust it. Right. Um, we have a, a really dear friend of ours, <laughs> magical, magical person. Yeah. And he has this saying that he always shares with people, which is to tell your body, I love you. Yeah. I'm, I'm listening. listening to tell your heart. I love you. I'm listening. Yeah. And if you can do that, your body will tell you what it needs and right. what it wants. Right. And then all you well, have to do is Well, it has been for years. I know. Our bodies know. tell us, like they've been telling us for years yes. and years. Like think of when you were a teenager and you would get bloated after meals, right? Or you had hormonal imbalances, right? Like your body has been talking to you ever since you can remember, mm-hmm. but we just didn't listen. Yeah. But we let doctors talk for us right. to our bodies. Yes. And the message that they told our bodies was shut up and take some hormone. Right. Shut up and take some ibuprofen. Like right. that's the message we give our bodies. Yeah, we we learn to override the oh. messages from our bodies. Right. And so our bodies eventually stop speaking to us. Mm-hmm. And that's when we think, oh, we're doing fine. We're not in pain. Right. Or our bodies went from whispering to yelling, yes. and then we get insulted. Right. Ultimately, we're like, my body has let me down. My body has done this to right. me. I'm now a prisoner of my body. Right. Meanwhile, the body has been saying. I've been talking to you for so long. Right. Right. So this, this isn't to shame anyone and be like, why weren't you listening? Cause trust us, we haven't been listening for a year. Like here we are. <laughs> like we've been listening for a lot. We haven't that. like, we're like cancer. What are you talking right. about? This can't be cancer. We thought that we could beat my body into submission, right? First through chemo. Even, yeah. And then through the, the hockey the radiation. And, and well, and even the, the hyperbaric, like, mm-hmm. like well, I really believed that if I could just pound enough therapeutic stuff into my body yeah. that it would beat it into submission. It would say, okay, fine. I'll right. get the cancer. Right. Meanwhile, my body had very different ideas right. and it was telling me all along, Hey, trauma, trauma, deal with the trauma, right? Deal with the stress. And now I'm finally listening and we are seeing bounds and leaps of improvement right. over where we've been yeah. for a long time. Exactly. So, so we have no idea where this ends, of course. No idea. And that's, that's a whole other part of this process which is um making friends with death because regardless of how we go we all go yeah and we don't really get to decide when we go don't so figuring that piece out is also extremely important but um but there's hope and optimism and right and all kinds of beautiful stuff going on right i do want to say i I mean i think we're probably finishing up now but i do want to say that yes this has been the worst year probably of our lives oh yeah and it's been the best year of our lives like that 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 feels so weird to say (laughs) almost like 
ooh, like how could I even appreciate this? But <laughs> this has been the most beautiful, hardest journey we have ever embarked on. Yeah. And it keeps getting better and better and better. Yeah. And from extreme darkness and like hitting the rock bottom of rock bottom and feeling so much despair and helplessness and like just so much anxiety yeah, to I thought I hit rock bottom like five different times this year. No, it just got <laughs> and deeper, and deeper and deeper. Rock bottom got deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. I was dragging along the rocks right. for months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like, so but yes, it's been rough. Yeah. But, but contrast is what actually gives life its joy. Right. Without the darkness, without the rock bottom, right. there would be no light. There would be no soaring in the clouds. Yeah. There's been a lot of collateral beauty on this, this journey, sure. a lot. Yeah. And, um, and we're so very grateful and we're so, we're very open now. Like we're just, everything makes sense. Right. We finally have enough people around us that believe in us, believe in my body that we're willing to share this publicly right? because we no longer fear yeah. whatever anxiety other people have for me. Right. So we welcome it and, and we get you like you're probably experiencing your own form of health anxiety of one form or the other. Right. It's okay. Yeah. Like, but, like there are people that understand that. Yeah. I, there is one more thing I want to say to any of our cancer listeners out there. We did close down the cancer consults this year. Um, while we were going through this and yeah. we got a lot of really angry emails yeah. and we just want to say, we're sorry we couldn't show up for you. Yeah. We couldn't show up for ourselves. Right. Like we were in the midst of trauma and just talking about caseloads on cancer. It just put us in a massive, it, it's really interesting because there've been so many consults this year where I'm sitting in a consult and I'm literally having a panic attack while doing like an intake <laughs> on someone, someone's health and I'm, or I'm going over labs or, and I'm literally sweating and in my head, I'm like, I'm so glad these are like video calls over the internet because if we were in person, they could like probably see my body vibrating from my heart beating so fast and right. me sweating. So we're sorry because of what we've been going through. Like, I do feel like we have let people down that have been wanting to talk with us. Yeah. But, and there's been a lot of angry people that are like, well, I want to schedule a Janique and like, mm-hmm. or Tristan and they're booked months out. And yeah. now we're taking time off so that we can just focus on this. Yeah. And um, now you know why. But now you know why. Now you know why. It's hard to show up for other people's healing when we, when I couldn't even show up for Tristan's. But we're, we're trying to balance it because you guys are important to us. Like your, your healing journeys are important to us. And we have incredible wellness counselors that you can schedule with at Prova Health. They are fantastic. And if they're ever stumped on a case, they just text us, mm-hmm. you know, and we go through that with them. But and You better believe that depending on how this whole deal goes for me, once I get to the other side of it, I will be sharing. I promise. Yeah. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna share everything. Yeah. And I'm gonna be ready to provide that to people. Right. I couldn't do that before. One of the ways I knew that I wasn't listening to my body was that I kept doing these cancer consultations and traumatizing myself. Yeah. And it would ruin my week. Right. Like it would put me in a dark place for a long time. Right. And that was because I hadn't dealt with my own trauma. Right. Now that's finally happening. Right. So now we will finally. When we get there, yeah, be ready to, to hold space for others and to provide right. some of that same insight and, and show the light at the end of the tunnel for other people. Absolutely. I know it sounds so insulting to be like, I'm grateful for cancer, 
I am. I'm grateful for this journey. It's been hard and it's been beautiful and it's been refiner's fire times 10. But there has been so many beautiful moments. And like, I just, I, I can't help but sit here in gratitude for the lessons and being in such a desperate state that I would be willing to try like these insane things, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. and thank God that they worked. Like, so grateful for all of these beautiful modalities that we've come across, these yeah. beautiful people, like wise people. Yeah. Yeah, but we really, we had to jump off the proverbial cliff <laughs> to get there. And honestly, it was like less than 50% chance that we would find ground. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, brace yourself for the cringe, but I wouldn't change a minute of it. I wouldn't. I mean, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> um, because I every know. single every single step, every single panic attack was yeah. necessary to get on the path that we're on now. Right. And it keeps getting better and better now. Right. What's really interesting is even Pamela, the, the doctor that we're working with, she was like, your number one thing is to work on the stress and the trauma. She's like, health literally turns around once you deal with trauma. Yep. And we're like, yeah, well, we're working on it. <laughs> like we're doing, yeah. we're doing all of the trauma stuff right now. So that's like really where like 50% of our energy goes is to just working on the stress and the self-care and the trauma and the, and the community. I, mm-hmm. I keep saying this, but like find yourself a beautiful community because yeah. they can make all the difference in the world. Every social interaction I have is therapeutic now. Yeah. That was not the case for me three months ago. Yeah. So you guys, thanks for listening. I hope that <laughs> if you're still listening, I don't know. <laughs> People probably tune out. They're like, might have been a little bit self-indulgent. But I know, right? It's, it's therapy for us. It's, it's, <laughs> I guess. it's getting it out there. Yeah. Um, this isn't the season finale. There's still episodes coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we've been interviewing a lot of guests and Tristan's had his uh, sexy, raspy, non-existent voice. So you're going to be hearing a lot of podcasts with sexy voice Tristan and there's more to come. Yep. And regardless, we'll just keep going. Like the information isn't going to end the... And we'll keep updating you, you know, mm-hmm. as we have updates to give. Yeah. So, you know, the, the cliffhanger is Tristan's cancer is back. Yeah. But... Uh, Season three is just starting. <laughs> so, and this really has been the most beautiful journey ever. Yeah. Like, I am super grateful for everything that we've learned and everything that we've been forced to learn. You know, like and the ripple effects on the world around the us. People, people who had no interest whatsoever in what we're doing are benefiting from this. Yeah. So it's wonderful. You know, let's just think of 2020 and the the lemons that we have been given, you guys. I, I truly believe that we can always make lemonade. Like there's always a way to make lemonade out of hard situations. And if everything was easy, we wouldn't need to grow. We wouldn't need to learn. We wouldn't like, sometimes we have to get so uncomfortable to have like, sometimes that space of discomfort is the only catalyst that can move us. I in, would argue always. It's always, Growth yeah. always requires yeah. leaving your comfort zone. It does. So if you haven't been uncomfortable for a long time, right. take a close look <laughs> at what's going on. But also, too, you guys, I, I do hope that not, like, before, and I realized this was my trauma response, too, where it's like, 
don't let this happen to you. Like you could get cancer. Look at these statistics. Everything is scary. The world is a terrible, scary place and we're all going to get sick. I don't want to come from that place anymore. I want, but I want to share the story and I want to kindly encourage you to take charge now before you get so uncomfortable. Let, let our experience be your catalyst. It doesn't have to be your experience. But but I don't want it to be the catalyst of fear. I want it to be the catalyst of this is important. Mm -hmm. Like, and that you are worth it. Like, like the investment now is so, so worth it. You know, it's that, that saying a ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of cure. And that is 100% true so that's that's why we're here because if we can just save one person from this kind of like soul-wrenching pain and discomfort and trauma like it's all worth it it's all worth it so you guys thanks for being here thanks for being along our gutsy health journey and it's always a journey we're always journeying we're always just learning and growing and you know learning to be experts in our bodies and our health. And I'm, I'm excited for the, the path where this is all going to go as we incorporate more mind, body, soul stuff. It's just going to be really beautiful. And we can't wait to share that with you guys because it's so important. And I've said a few times, like, I wish we started there with the mind body, but they're all important. We still had stuff to learn. We still had stuff to learn. So we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Honestly, like, some of the best moments over this last year, even during the darkest times, were talking to you, working with you. Working with you guys. Helping you and being helped by you. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a part of this for us. Thank you for your patience with us as we go through this and we we selfishly take more time to ourselves and our family. Thank you for constantly supporting us, constantly sharing the podcast, constantly sharing your empowering stories with us and your friends and your family. It takes a village you know, and let's, it takes a village to change the culture mm-hmm. of health, to yeah. change the culture in our children, our families, our communities. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we see, and the changes, they're going to come from the bottom up. They're not going to come from the top down. It's going to come from us. Yes. Like you, your neighbor, your friends, your family. It's its going to be the people that are going to have to make those changes. And we can all do that lovingly. We can all change ourselves, our children, our communities, just one small conversation at a time. So thank you for being here. Thank you for practicing those hard conversations. Mm-hmm. We, we will talk you. to you soon. We love you. Goodbye. And Merry Christmas. I think mm-hmm. this is going to come out before our birthdays and Christmas. So Maybe. have a very good Christmas, you guys. Bye.